As you're finding your seat, I invite you to take one of the Bibles that's in the pew rack in front of you and turn with me to the Gospel of John, which is the fourth book in to the New Testament, the first four that are describing for us and telling us who Jesus Christ is and what he did. And this particular Gospel, each of the four are very different and unique. Um, this one is attributed to John, and he is described in that book as the disciple whom Jesus loved. That is very cool. So that is his experience of who Jesus is. And even though John, throughout this gospel, we hear the word believe, 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 John really wants us to experience the love that describes what it means for him to know Jesus, the disciple whom Jesus loved. Now, this particular passage we're in, John 14, the first 20 verses, is unique because it actually has all three members of the Trinity that are talked about. When we think of the Trinity, we often think of a doctrine, what the church believes, the Apostles' Creed, which we're going to say later, which was helping us understand the Trinity. But I want you to hear in this chapter how we're invited into an experience of God through the Trinity. All right? So let's pray. And uh, then let's hear. Holy Spirit, come and may the word of God be alive to us, in us, through us. We pray this in your most holy name. Amen. John 14, beginning of verse 1, going to verse 20. Listen to God's word to you. Jesus said, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also, and you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe because of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact, will do greater works than these, because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. And if you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides with you and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned. 
I am coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. And on that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. This is the gift of God's word. Thanks be to God. Yes, I'm ready now. Then close your eyes and tap your heels together three times. And think to yourself, there's no place like home. There's no place like home. There's, there's no, no place like home. There's no place like home. Wake up, honey. There's no place like home. There's no place like home. There's no Dorothy, Dorothy, dear. It's Aunt Em, darling. Oh, Annie Em, it's you. Yes, darling. Hello there. Anybody home? I, uh, I just dropped by because I heard the little girl got caught in the big... Well, she seems all right now. Yeah, she got quite a bump on the head. We kind of thought there for a minute she was going to leave us. Oh, but I did leave you, Uncle Henry. That's just the trouble. And I tried to get back for days and days. There, there, lie quiet now. You just had a bad dream. Sure. Remember me? Your old pal, Hunk? Oh. <laughs> me? <laughs> Hickley? You couldn't forget my face, could you? But it wasn't a dream. It was a place. And you, and you... <laughs> but you couldn't have been, could you? Well, we dream lots of silly things when we... No, Aunt Em. This was a real, truly live place. And I remember that some of it wasn't very nice, but most of it was beautiful. But just the same, all I kept saying to everybody was, I want to go home. And they sent me home. <laughs> Doesn't anybody believe me? Of course we believe you, though. Oh, but anyway, Toto, we're home. Home. This is my room, and you're all here, and I'm not going to leave here ever, ever again, because I love you all, and, oh, Annie M., there's no place like home. Too bad I don't have red slippers. There's, there's no place like home. I have been asking people this last week, what comes to mind for them, what the association is when they hear the word home and some people it has automatically conjured up a place uh, a state where they were born a hometown a particular house some people said no it's not really the house it's more wherever my family is it really doesn't matter where I am but if my family is there that really is what feels like home to me some people even mentioned that home is more a sense of belonging, aware that certain Marines that have been fighting overseas actually feel more at home when they're with their battalion or the particular group of soldiers. Interesting, huh? A place where you are treasured. 
a place where you are known, a place where people ask about yourself. So what association do you have with the word home? One thing is for sure, it is very loaded for all of us. It's amazing when you stop and think and look at how many books and movies and songs are about this longing and this ache, this homesickness, if you will, for home. Some of the most classic books we know about, stories, Tom Sawyer, Pollyanna, Anne of Green Gables, most recently Harry Potter, they're orphans. They don't have a home. They don't have parents, and they're longing for this place. They're longing for family. They're longing for belonging. I bet all of you could come up with a song. Homeward Bound, I Wish I Was. Homeward Bound, Simon and Garfunkel. Take me home, country road, to the place I belong. Yep, I knew you'd start going. Yep, there you go. One of the songs that was lifted up to me last week, a favorite, was the one by Michael Bublé called Home. And the quote that was lifted up to me was, I may be surrounded by a million people and still feel all alone. I just want to go home. There is this ache. There is this longing. Even if you grew up in the best of homes, and interestingly enough, in one of our women's retreats, when the retreat speaker asked, how many of you have grown up in a pained home situation, just about every single person raised their hand. But many of you would say, no, I didn't. I grew up in a great home. But even if you grew up in a very, very stable and loving and wonderful home, we're so aware of how things change. Homes themselves are destroyed in fires, we've seen this last year, in floods. People are forced out of their homelands. People are forced out of their neighborhoods because of the housing costs. All kinds of things that disrupt our experience and change our experience of home. People, kids move out of the house, they move back in. They move back out of the house. People you love in your neighborhood move away, changes your whole sense of home. Jobs move you away. Divorce splits homes apart. People die. We will mark that very poignantly at the end of the service with our All Saints worship around the communion table. Our experience of home changes all the time. When Jesus was talking in John 14 to the disciples, it was a private conversation. It was around the dinner table, and he was letting them know, I am going to be leaving you. Now, they had left everything. They had left homes to be with him and to follow him. So you can imagine how this news was greeted by them. I am leaving you. I'm not going to be with you anymore. And yet this chapter is filled with reassurance. It is filled with the reassurance of home. 
Interestingly enough, I bet when I asked you, what is your association with the word home? I bet none of you thought the Trinity. But this is what Jesus is offering to his disciples by way of reassurance. It is this experience, not believing in it, but experiencing it, dwelling in the heart of God's love as this shared trinity of Father, Son, Holy Spirit. All the things that we associate with home, a place, We hear in John 14, Jesus says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place, a place for you, a place, family. Jesus very specifically says, I will not leave you orphaned. I find that stunning. I will not leave you orphaned. I'm coming to you. Family. Belonging, the very last verse. On that day you will know that I am in my Father, Jesus belonging to the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. You are a part of this. A part of the shared love of God. That is stunning. And treasured. I will come again, I will take you to myself. And we hear this amazing line, Jesus is saying, so that where I am, you may be also. I want you with me. You are treasured. You are known. Come home. We have this home. Jesus is reassuring. He's very frightened about the future, not knowing what home was going to look like anymore. You have this home. In the shared love, the heart of God that I have broken open for you and for all people. You know, the Apostle Paul knew this too. He didn't just know it as in, I believe it and you need to believe it, churches. He experienced it and he writes about it in 2 Corinthians 4. And I want to read to you these two paragraphs. Listen to what Paul is is describing here. We do not lose heart. Even though our outer nature is wasting away, our inner nature is being renewed day by day. For this slight momentary affliction is preparing us for an eternal weight of glory beyond all measure. Because we look not at what can be seen, but at what cannot be seen. For what can be seen is temporary, but what cannot be seen is eternal. For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God. A house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this tent we groan, longing to be clothed with our heavenly dwelling. If indeed, when we've taken it off, we will not be found naked. For while we are still in this tent, we groan under our burden because we wish not to be unclothed, but to be further clothed, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. He who has prepared us for this very thing is God who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. What is mortal is swallowed up by life. All these experiences we love and treasure about home, swallowed up by our greater home, through the Spirit, through Jesus Christ, it is God who has prepared us for this very thing and prepared this very thing for us. 
In all the changes, though, do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not lose heart, is what we hear. You have a home in the very heart of God's love, Father, Son, and Spirit, that is eternal, and we groan for that until we fully experience it. Not just when we die, we get to experience it now. And so we want to grow and mature in our faith, and part of that growing and maturing in our faith is to put more of our weight down on those things that we cannot see, that are more permanent than the things we can see. So as I think about home, and I've put my weight down on my growing up home when we were on a farm in Maryland, my growing up home, this house in Visalia, that when I go back and look at it now, it's like, wow, that house doesn't look anything like when I was living there, or we were living there. Investing in this sense of home from my family, and as those things shift and people move and people die, putting more and more of my weight down on that home that cannot be seen, but that is more permanent. I'm shifting my definition. I'm shifting what I'm investing in. I still have to spend thousands of dollars to replace my carpet by the end of this month. But the church, and this is our calling, is helping me shift where I put my weight, where I invest in people, where I invest my money, which is in this home that is made open to us, God's heart is broken open to us in Jesus Christ. That's our job, is to help people know that that is our home that never changes, never changes, is always there for us. We proclaim Jesus Christ breaking open the heart of God to all people, something we can't do on our own. Only God can initiate that, and God has initiated that, and God continues to initiate that through Jesus Christ, through the Spirit, the Trinity, this shared love of God. Come home. I encourage you right now to pass these down so that you can see this next learning circle that's a part of what we know is essential learning as a church, as we grow up and mature in our faith, it says, come home. And I'm going to ask a few people to just read one half of it. Mendy, I'm going to see if you're up for reading that first half, this part right there for us, that whole top half, and then I'm going to have somebody else read the bottom half so you can see what is on here as we introduce you to this this month. We know God's love in community by experiencing God as community through the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, returning home as God's beloved children, glorifying God as a community through worship in word and sacrament. Thank you. So that's how we know God's love. And I'm going to come over here for someone that wants to read the next part. Who over here would like to do that? Don't be shy. (laughs) Deb does, Cliff said. We serve God's love in community by welcoming all people into the extended family of God, finding our connectedness in the body of Christ, discovering our spiritual gifts and using them for the common good, giving sacrificially of time, talent, and money to Christ's work, teaching, mentoring, and accountability for all ages, sending one another out to serve God's love in the world. This is the way we shift our weight.
to what is not seen, but what is more permanent than what is seen. And like Paul, we want to do that. We want to do that. Anne Lamott, in her book, Traveling Mercy, she tells a story about a little girl, a little seven-year-old girl, who got lost in her neighborhood, and she was so frightened, she was running all over the place, looking for landmarks that would help her find her way home. Then a police officer saw her and started to help her. And she got in the car, and they drove around, and he was trying to help her find her home. But eventually, they came to her church. She said, it's okay, you can let me out here. I can find my way home from here. Church, that's our calling. That's our job, is to help people find their way home to God's heart. That's what we do. We proclaim Jesus Christ opening up for us making fully accessible to us the fullness of God's love shared in the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That is our home. And helping us reinvest, as you're being asked even this month, to invest in the online directory. Take time, get on that online directory. You're investing in this church so that we can do this work, this calling of helping one another invest in our permanent home, to invest financially, to shift our weight. So where is your home? Where is your home? Trinity. Trinity is my home. The Trinity is my home. All of our home. And Trinity, as your church, is what will help you wherever your church is. It may not be this church. You may be visiting, or you may not be in a church. But God wants you in a church so that the weight can shift to that which never changes, which is our forever forever home. So in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, welcome home. Let's pray. O oh God, our help in ages past and our hope for years to come, our shelter from the stormy blasts and our eternal home. Help us to hear you and your words of reassurance in Jesus Christ. And help us to experience our forever home in you by the Holy Spirit. Help us to shift our weight into the fullness of your love available to us and to all of creation. Help us to be your faithful church, guiding all people to our dwelling place in your love, both now and forevermore. And all of God's people said, 